take two of whatever this podcast is. I am your host, Christian Brooklyn, and I am alone in Shenanigans Bar on Caton Road in Brooklyn. Uh, recording this podcast, what just happened is I started recording this podcast. Uh, I thought somebody was coming in because I have about a half hour to record this podcast. There was a miscommunication with my Star Wars producer, Michael Harrington. Uh, he had a conflict. We were going to do this in the studio, but I have to do it here today because I don't have the time to go into the studio, book the studio, use the studio. So I'm in the bar talking, and then some woman just uh, 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 leans on the door outside. I thought somebody was coming in to do some work, because that could happen. I'm getting very close to opening time here at this bar. Uh, and, and I open the door, she starts walking away, and then starts cursing. Just goes, just tell me to move if you want me to move. I was like, I, bitch, I don't care if you're here or you're not. I thought you were coming in the bar. I'm doing something else. She's arguing with her boyfriend. I'm now very annoyed. I was already annoyed that I had to come here to record this. No offense to you people that are listening at home. I love all of you. That's why I'm doing this. I didn't want to miss an episode completely, so I'm cutting a short episode. I have a bunch of shit I want to talk about. Um, You know, I just, I I was already recording. I was already doing a show. Middle of it. Stopped it. Then the whole thing starts a new file. And I can't keep going. I literally said, oh, somebody's coming in. Let me stop this. And I just probably won't be able to put out a show this week. Ah, here's what I was talking about. Doing a podcast in my house. Here's why. If anybody ever asked me to do a Zoom, uh, I kind of have been blowing them off. I hate doing podcasts on Zoom in my house. My girlfriend's always in the other room, or she's not. Even if she's not, I can't really yell. I have neighbors. I can't really get loud. I I can't, I feel like I'm stifling myself no matter what. Plus, I live on the first floor, so I can't even do it in my back bedroom. In the back in my bedroom, it's the back of my apartment, but it's the front of the building. See that truck you just heard drive by? You would hear that 50 times more in my apartment. Uh, I'm right by the street. It, 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 I just don't like it. And also, like, just your girlfriend. This is why I didn't like doing high society on Zoom. Uh, because everybody's girlfriends was in the other room. And it's like, I felt like none of us were truly being ourselves. Because you're not being yourself in your home with your family. Like, as much as everybody says you need to find the person you can be yourself around, I personally think that is the opposite. I don't... Uh, 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 as a matter of fact, I will let you guys in on something. The biggest problem in my relationship is that my fucking girlfriend makes me ask to shit every day. Every day. She uses the bathroom and she goes, I have to get in here. And it's like, well, if I'm not already in motion, here's, here's my shit. I'm going to, I'm going to break down my shit routine for all these. I wake up, I usually dick around in my bed for about 10 minutes. In that 10 minutes, there is no movement. Nothing is happening. I don't have to use the bathroom. Then I get up, have a large glass of water, start moving around the apartment, drink a cup of coffee, and then I can't do anything until I shit. So if you have a three-hour bathroom routine, like we just need to to move. I need to get out of New York City. I need a one and a half baths minimum. This is driving me nuts. It's the number, because I'm not one of these guys who's like, what do you mean you can't fart in front of your girlfriend? Yeah, you shouldn't be farting in front of your girlfriend. You should be embarrassed if you fart in front of your girlfriend and she's disgusted by the smell. I firmly believe that. Don't find the person who accepts you for who you are, who you can be yourself with. Find the person who makes you attempt to be a better person around them at all times. Not to the point of judgment, but just to the point of, I don't want you to have to deal with the worst aspects of me. That's how much I care about you. I don't want you to have to deal with the worst aspects of me. It's also why I need more house. I'm probably leaving New York City in the next few years, folks. I'm telling you that right now. And that might mean comedy's out the fucking window. But we'll get to that later. Um, I'm, just, I'm just trying to record. I recorded a half hour on the road with Dave that I think sounds pretty good. Um, 
And you know, we'll 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 we'll, we'll see. Um, I put that out and then just retire. Who the fuck knows? I will talk about the great shows in St. Louis I did with fucking Louis J. Gomez last weekend. They were all fun. The late show Saturday got a little rowdy. Somebody lit their receipt on fire in the showroom um, for no real reason. Didn't seem like they were maybe enjoying the show. Uh, and then on top of it, somebody got thrown out for talking and said they were going to file against the better business. You told me on the way out that I was great. Got thrown out during Lewis's set. Lewis didn't even know it happened. But uh, some fans complained that they were talking too much, which I completely understand. You pay to see a show. People are chattering next to you. You wouldn't put up with it in a movie theater. And people are like, well, other people were talking. It's like, well, you were singled out by somebody who couldn't hear because of you. I, I, I will never understand that shit, people talking in a comedy show. It makes no sense. Like, you know I'm an actual person. Because like, people don't talk in the movies. That's like a stereotype. And these were, by the way, old white people. So it doesn't even fit the stereotype of who will be talking in the fucking movies, right? Which is like, at least the movies, the people doing the movie are on, not there. They're rich somewhere. They're very wealthy in another place. So they're having a fine time. They don't care if you talk. I'm standing, I'm a human being. It's a fucking weird thing. But... The shows were mostly great, except for those two incidents, which, again, I don't think affected Lewis. Uh, I didn't notice anybody talking during my set, but apparently they've been talking the whole show. Um, And I will say this about St. Louis as a city. My first time there seems to be more mall than city. Uh, We left. We went to get uh, uh, lunch in a place that looked like a strip mall, then uh, went to an actual mall to get a shirt. the, The club we were at, the Funny Bone, St. Louis, great club, great, great room, great staff all weekend, were fantastic, attached to, it was in this weird hotel Sheridan complex. It, it, it seems that you get off a plane in St. Louis, you go right to this uh, complex, and then there's a comedy club, a dueling piano bar, a, uh, a community theater where they do like murder mysteries and shit, uh, a, a jazz bar, and then five restaurants. And we were there, and it was fine. And I got some pizza. We'll talk. I'll talk about that in a second. But it's like I was like, and then I drove around, and I was like, it seems like these are all everything in this city. And I asked a couple of the young comics there. I was like, is this? Is it, it's almost like a mall formed and was a cancer. It's like it's like in parts of this country, people thought the mall fad was never going to end. Um, I was just talking to Paperface. He has a plot line for a uh, movie called Dead Mall. He wants to make a horror movie about dead malls. Um, and so uh, 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 he was like, I kind of want to make it like a hood black mall. And I was like, all malls are black malls. When's the last time you went to a mall? Because in the tri-state area, if you go to a mall, they're all black malls. I don't know why. But in fucking St. Louis, that wall, that mall was 50-50. I swear to God. Went to a regular mall. Louis needed a new shirt. Went to a regular mall. I'm telling you, we got lunch at a nice restaurant. Not even really a chain. Good barbecue. Sugar fire, it's called. It was in a mall. Then we left there to go to another mall where you can get a shirt. We were living in a mall, went to a mall to eat, had to go to a different mall for a shirt. It's all mall. It's like it's like when cancer hits your lungs and your bones. It's like the fucking the fucking mall is in the marrow of that city. Even at the end of the Saturday show, Lewis went to bed. I'm sitting there. I'm drinking with one of these comics, some random fucking dude that was hanging around, and uh, 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 some broad, and we're drinking, and I'm like, Wait, let's go to a fucking St. Louis bar. I want to see what's going on. And they're like, this late, you're going to have to go to Illinois. And we went to Illinois. And we went to like a kind of hood club in Illinois. It was fun, but it's kind of weird. Like, you know, they say like parts of St. Louis are kind of fucking ghetto, and I we passed some spots, but I was like, 
well, they're not even open past fucking one. He's like, yeah, a lot of places closed, like blah, blah, blah. We're like, all right, this is uh, fine. I, I didn't care that much at all. Like, I was just like, but it's like, it's like, what the fuck is going on down? I didn't even see Nelly or a single St. Lunatic. Not one St. Lunatic. Can you believe that? It's ridiculous. St. Louis. What a weird fucking city. But thanks to everybody who came out, I actually had a fucking blast. And now on to the pizza. It's on like a thick cracker thing. Which I didn't hate. I actually kind of liked the thinness of it. Uh, uh, uh. And then they do this thing called Provel cheese. People were like, don't get the Provel cheese if you're from New York. You got to get mozzarella. And here's my thing. I'm doing the thing at the place that I'm at. I don't care that there's no fucking cheese. I want to try the cheese that's the St. Louis pizza cheese. And here's the thing. It was inexpensive. It came with these things called toasted ravioli, which is baked. It seemed like a fried ravioli, but they bake them. Those were delicious. That's like the St. Louis thing is toasted ravioli, apparently, and barbecue and pork steaks, which I don't really quite know. I ate one, but I'm not quite sure what it is. It seems to just be a large chop that they smoke. Um... But this pizza was thin. It's cut into the square thing, which I don't love, but they do that in a lot of places. Uh, even though it's a round pie, it makes no fucking sense. Uh, but very thin, crispy. The sauce on it was good. And I didn't hate the Provel cheese. Kind of got a little smoky flavor to it. It's not as good as New York pizza, but I'd still put it over deep dish. Anything goes over deep dish. Dude, the only reason you would want a deep dish pizza is if you have a weird fetish for swimming through thick, viscous cum and period blood. Like, if you want to feel like you're a fetus that somehow emerged from the harshest of fucking primordial oozes, you make a giant deep dish pizza and you swim through it and it'd be like viscous cum and chunky period blood. That's what a fucking Chicago deep dish... I Get out of here. Also invented by a Jewish person whom I love, but stick to pastrami. Stick to your fucking... Uh, I love a cream herring. I love a fucking bagel with lock. Just do those. What do you got to go into the pizza realm for? You can't even put meat on it if you're keeping kosher. It's crazy. Let's talk about some other stuff. There's shit going on in this world. First of all, here's a weird thing. They said that uh, uh, somebody, Harrington sent me this, even though he's not here. And also, I'm going to leave a chunk of the show at the end for Michael Harrington. It's going to be called Harrington's Corner. I'll let him know to put it in, and this should be out on Friday. I don't care what he says, that son of a bitch. He'll record uh, anywhere from five to ten minutes. It's called Harrington's Corner. If it's not on here, uh, you know who to email. You know who to tweet. Although, don't tweet him about the show not being recorded. That was kind of my fault. Um, But Harrington's Corner will be coming up at the end of this program. But he sent me uh, something about shoplifting in New York City. Uh, apparently, uh, 90% of the shopping shoplifting arrests were six people. Um, oh, 327,000 people uh, were arrested 6,000 times. That's almost 20 times. It's a third of all shopping arrests, 327 people. How can you get arrested 6,000 times? Well, whatever. So that's 20 times. Getting arrested 20 times in a year, first of all, at that point, how much are you shoplifting where it's worth? Because here's how it works. In most places, I don't know how it works. But in New York, if you get arrested for shoplifting and you're actually arrested, it's a full day of your life. That means they spent, you know, you. it's the next day you get out. Towards the end of the day, probably. Especially if you're in there 20 They'll keep you in that cell for a fucking long time. 
I mean, I guess women, they process a little faster because there's less people in the holding cells. Maybe they're all women. Women are more shoplifters than men, typically. Um, but I got to say, I respect the hustle. You're going to give up 20 days of your life. They must be making enough money where it's worth shoplifting that much to just be out the next day. Because think about it. That means you're shoplifting every day. If you're getting arrested 20 days and then assuming you're spending 20 full days in jail. So the next day, let's say, let's say you're not shoplifting that next day. That means you're probably shoplifting three. Those are your only days off. You're shoplifting 345 days a year. And that's the fucking hustle, baby. Let's go. But how much do you got to be making to make it worth 20 nights in jail in a year, right? So 20 nights in central bookings. You figure that's 24 hours. Figure it's not fun. So you want like... You want good money for that. You got to be making $50 an hour for at least that time. I feel like you got to be making 600 bucks a day for it to be worth getting arrested 20 times for shoplifting. Oh, this is just homeless people who are trying to get arrested so they can get off the street in the cold. That's also possible. It is cold outside and you can sleep in central bookings. There might not always be room, but you're at least in the holding cell overnight. Then they bring you to central booking. Then they process you. In the holding cell, it'll be you and a couple of guys. You can usually get a seat. And it's warm in there. And they'll feed you. And there's a toilet you can use. No showers, though. It's not like county jail elsewhere. But like I said, fucking get it, son. This was when we were talking about this fucking prison thing. I was just reading about uh, uh, in most um, in most cities or most prisons rather, you cannot use, um, you have to use floppy disks because for some reason it is considered, um, it is it is considered a security risk to give guys who are fighting their fucking convictions. They have a word processor and a floppy disk. Can you understand how fucking crazy that is? Um, it's like, all right. So this is from so this is from New Jersey. They literally say um, that these guys they they're they're fighting appeals with pen and paper to communicate with your lawyers on the outside. There are places where you can get like with good behavior a fucking tablet and this and that. But there's a lot of places where they still don't allow. First of all, what is the security risk of a thumb drive? You think the pen is the security risk, right? I mean, I guess you can't have people processing things, but you kind of got to go, you kind of got to like have, you can just, get, there's so many, it's such a bloated system just to have somebody monitoring somebody's mail, email out, or let them print it and fucking send it on a fucking hard drive. Apparently, these old floppy disks just keep getting corrupted because they're, they don't make floppy disks anymore. This is in Japan. And even in Japan, there's a bunch of guys, you're guaranteed employment for life if you work for a company for a certain amount of time in Japan. And I remember reading a story 10 years ago where dudes were just sitting, that were their job was making VHS tapes. And then they just stopped making VHS tapes. So they just like would have to sit in an office and they would collect their paycheck. D that's it. It's like, we don't do that here. There's nobody making floppy disks in this country. And in Japan, I bet most of the guys who used to make floppy disks, are they're probably just rewriting all the old AOL floppy disks. Where, what else are they doing? It's, there's no, it's fucking crazy. Just let these guys fucking do the thing. And here's the thing is like, they will let you use an iPad in certain prisons if you, oh my God.
The cops do nothing in this city. Three cop cars pass by in this fucking, while well, I'm sitting in this fucking bar doing this thing. The cops do nothing. Where are they going? But anyway, the prison thing. Um, so yeah, they're, they're, they, have, they have tablets in certain things. Um, and they, the companies that, of course, have the, of course, the companies that have the contracts to provide tablets and digital services, uh, they don't have a lot of apps on it. So you can't actually email your lawyer and this and that. They're like supposed to be like educational, but they very rarely have any of that. It's like very basic games on it. And they charge the state insane amounts of money. Um, and it, it, it's basically, it's the kind of thing where it's like you need just prisoners just need. It, look, here's the thing. It, it, weirdly enough, prisoners do sometimes get things done. When that prison strike happened, um, under Obama, a lot of prison reforms did come into play, though they were never addressed uh, on a federal level because obviously Barack Obama did not touch prison reform with a fucking 10-foot pole. Donald Trump did. Uh, not a fan of Donald Trump, but he did uh, pass the First Step Act. Uh, Joe Biden has done nothing subsequently. Uh, rem- like, if you recall, um, if you recall, uh, uh, People, people said, I remember Pelosi got on TV, my fucking favorite friend Nance there. She got on TV and she was just like, this is, uh, this is not enough. We need more. I don't want to pass this and give Republicans a victory. And they haven't really done anything. And then Democrats proceeded to do nothing. Nothing. Offered no compromise. Offered no expanses on it. It passed anyway. Thankfully, we need prison reform in this fucking country. It's disturbing what we do to prisoners in this country. It's just disturbing how many prisoners are in fucking jail. But whatever. I'm going to move on from this because I'm going nowhere. Um, <clears throat> here's a fucking crazy thing. Um, I saw a fucking Facebook ad for something called the NYU Symposium on Psychedelic Justice After Party. Now, anybody can apparently attend this after party. I don't know what a symposium is. I don't know what psychedelic justice is. I don't know why NYU is doing it. Why would you have a, first of all, what is psychedelic justice? Is that when you have some people who are now psychedelic police, they're psychonauts, they go in and they're going to go fucking, did you ever, if you ever read DMT, the spirit molecule, there was a guy who said he uh, got raped for 50 years in his DMT trip by two alligators, cosmic alligators. Do you just go arrest those alligators? Is that what we're doing? Is that what psychedelic, I don't know what psychedelic justice really is, dude. I have no fucking clue. I just know then probably you shouldn't be sending your kids to NYU to get a degree in whatever psychedelic justice is. Because it's not psychedelic science, which is the actual thing. Psychedelic justice, what does that mean? I will never fucking know what that fucking means. Oh, I don't know. I hate it. I'm not a fan of the psychedelic justice. Here's what psychic is that your lawyer just wears a uh, tie dye necktie around his head instead of his neck? What who what is psychedelic justice? All right, here's the thing. Actually, this is actually it's like the XFL of fucking uh, 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 mock trials. You gotta be on shrooms. Mock trial on shrooms. That's the only thing I can think of that psychedelic justice could possibly be. You got to eat, and then if you eat more, you get a handicap, right? So if you eat two-eighths of shrooms, you only have to get six out of 12 jurors. Like if you eat one-eighth, you got to get all 12. 
But if you eat six eights, you got to get 12. You got to you can only get six. And if you eat three eights, you, it just keeps going down. You keep, you keep having it. The more eights you eat, the less jerks. Maybe one eighth, you're not going, maybe for every gram of shrooms you eat, after the first two, you have to eat, you have to start with two grams, right? You got to be, because you got to be tripping. And then for every gram more than that you eat, you knock off one of the 12 jurors in the mock trial. So then you're just bugging your fucking balls off. And then there's no fucking, and then you if you if you could still make your debate against a guy without the handicap, or does he eat the shrooms? I wouldn't, I don't even know what I would do. Would I, do I trust my debating skills over my ability to eat fucking shrooms? That's where uh, psychedelic justice really has it. And then it's a competitive sport. Now we've got a new, more advanced intellectual sport for this country. Because that's what we really need. People want to pretend that they're smart. So you just get into this psychedelic justice fucking competition. And now we're fucking all smart sos. And that's it. You know what? NYU might be onto something. You know, I'm sorry I criticized them all so much. And academia. Really, psychedelic justice is the future of sport. We need it in an arena. Uh, and then the loser is murdered with an axe to the face uh, while on shrooms. And it happens very slowly. It's got to be like a guillotine, but they pull it back a few times. One, uh, two. Because you got to really freak them out. I want them to shit their pants on shrooms before you hit them in the face with this fucking axe. All right? All right. Psychedelic justice. We figured it out. Um, here's a fucking crazy thing I saw also recently. Uh, 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 uh. <clears throat> Actually, you know what? I'm going to save that for high society next week. The fucking fight club teacher thing. That's, that's what we call a tease in the biz. But here's a fucking... Uh, uh, um. Here's something. Uh, I got I hired for a job that I uh, uh, did not get, was never informed that I had it, is a comedy writing job, and uh, uh, never was informed that I got it, but then I received this email, and I won't say who the company is, um, but it was uh, your application for writer slash producer. Hi, Christopher. Thank you for your interest in our writer-producer opening. Unfortunately, we have recently decided to close this position and will not be able to move forward with your candidacy. Should something change on our side and we decide to reopen this position, I will not hesitate to contact you. Thank you again for your interest in an employment opportunity with company. Wish you the best in your current job search. Thank you, company. Um, how fucking crazy, that's how bad the economy is. I'm getting laid off from jobs I don't even fucking have. It also sounds like I would have fucking had it if the company didn't fucking downsize. And I'll be honest, I could use a little bit of a writing gig on the side. If somebody's got something for me, let me know. Uh, uh, uh just clear goals and I will, uh, be happy to do it. Um, but I don't know where to fucking even go with that. I wrote an email back being like, thank you for considering me. But it's like, I had no idea I was even being considered. That was a month and a half after I sent that application. How fucking crazy is that? I hate this entire fucking thing. Oh, I don't know if this show's good. I never know if these shows are good. I'm sitting in a bar alone. Uh, I put some fuck. I got a coffee from Dunkin' Donuts. I threw a couple shots of fucking Tullamore Dew in there. Fuck with Tullamore Dew, by the way. Better than Jameson. Less expensive. Comes in a classier bottle. People, Here's the thing about keeping liquor in your house. As long as people don't necessarily know what the thing is, and it's not the one that people drink the most of. So uh, Jameson, uh, uh, if you're doing bourbon, Jack Dan- or well, Jack Daniels is not a bourbon. It's a sour mash, but I digress. But you understand what I'm saying. It's like I got my body a bottle of gin, but it's brand new. It's a Japanese company. It's called Roku Gin. It's actually uh, significantly cheaper than Hendrix, but he thought it was a good gift uh, because uh, 
it, he never seen it before and it came in a fancy bottle. And I bet in three years it will be expensive once they have market share. That's what happened with Blanton's. I used to give out fucking Eagle Rare as a housewarming gift all the time. So that's all that. But again, the serious thing, uh, uh, I did because I said the company. How are you going to fucking downsize people? How are you not going to even tell me I got the job? Just tell me. This way at least I could feel like I got the job. Now I don't even know if I had the job. You were still considering me. A month and a half. How fucking long does it take? No wonder uh, companies are getting downsized. It's fucking wild. Anyway, I'll move on. I'm going to do an Ask the Goon, and then it's going to be Mike Harrington's corner on this podcast. Okay, so here we go. Um... Ask the Goon. If you and if you know, you can email askthegoon at gmail.com if you uh, 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 need some life advice for myself and typically Mike Harrington. Again, this is a short episode. I'm doing it in the bar that I work at on Tuesdays. Shenanigans in Brooklyn, fun bar. Um, and uh, 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 this is the thing. Okay, 33 year old single male, no kids, pull out game top tier. Congrats, brother. Not an easy thing to do. A lot of people walking around with kids they don't like. And they resent them from the beginning because they tried to pull out and they didn't quite get it. And then you just remember that time that you didn't quite pull out fast enough. And also, some I know motherfuckers with kids because a girl will be like, you can come in me if you want. Motherfucker, I know a guy who had twins. Girl was gorgeous. She was like, you can come in me if you want. And he just did. And then she was like, I'm pregnant. He was like, why would you tell me to come in you if you weren't on birth control? And she was just like, I thought you wanted to. Of course you want to. It's the best feeling. However, I do not trust any woman ever. I don't even trust my current girlfriend. For all I know, she got her IUD removed years ago. I've been pulling out and just blasting on her face. Um, but... uh. So congrats on the pullout game. But uh, just got laid off from my part-time bullshit government job last Friday. V- videographer for mayor of Roswell, Georgia. I didn't even know there was a Roswell, Georgia. Are there just uh, weird hillbilly fucking aliens there? Are there just Roswell, Georgia? Okay, that's what we're doing. Got it. Um, uh, he also does freelance videography. Oh, he, oh, he said it was a uh, gay as shit example. He's led into prayer before every committee meeting. You don't have to do the prayer. Just let your mind wander. Like, that's the thing about praying. I don't think I paid attention once in church, and my grandmother made me go for a decade. Who cares? Um, God, job was blah, blah, blah. Freelance videographer and editor for musicians, rap and metal mostly, uh, and comedians. Holler at your boy if you need a clip editor, work for comedian, comedian, and comedian. All people I respect. Um <clears throat> Well, hey, hook me up with a deal. I'm helping you out. This is free advice. Let me get a deal. Um, working on a few short films. Film industry has kind of halted here in ATL. Union strike or some bullshit. Well, come to see me and notwithstanding, come see me and Ryan Long uh, next weekend in Atlanta. But um, union strike or some bullshit. I'm not in local 479. Don't have money to move to like NY, New Jersey. Uh, Austin or LA not really sure what my next move is other than keep pursuing these creative projects and hoping to make someone I work for pop so that I can work for them full time guess my question is what would you do here's the thing about working for somebody and making them pop it's got to be so financially viable to keep you on like 
There are guys that cut clips for anywhere from $15 to $30 that you could find online that live in a third world country. You better be fucking great. And you also have to be, think about it this way. It's like, I don't make enough money doing fucking comedy. Like, I make some money. It is like a good chunk of my income. But in order to have like somebody like full time, why do you think you don't see a lot of clips from Notes of a Goon? Is because I can't afford to pay enough money to get the clips from like it's like you know what I mean like the amount of money like the amount of investment I'd have to put in this to maybe get something out of it and it's such a fucking crazy thing thank you for asking this question by the way because I've been thinking about this for a fucking while and it's like um how how come like it's how come like it, it, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta make this investment, and then it's like nothing happened. I didn't get into comedy to sit in front of a fucking computer all day. I got into comedy because I wanted to not have to swing a hammer, but I'd rather swing a hammer than work in a cubicle. And if the actual job then becomes editing video, why am I doing it? You gotta be so far ahead that you can afford a video editor, and it could be like, yeah, sure, are you good? You're in America. I can afford to talk to you. You gotta be like wealthy. Or just like be like, all right, I guess I don't make money doing comedy and I have to get another job. Like those are your options with that shit. Like particularly if you're not quite there where you're making money yet. It's like, all right, do I invest in this? It already takes up, even if you're not doing that, it already takes up so much time. And then it's like, all right, I guess I'll spend all of the money I make doing comedy that takes up massive amounts of my time investing and hoping I get a ton of followers so it's so for as far as blowing people up, I mean, just do good, consistent work and be fast. Like to me, that's that's the best thing you can do. And then go to like go to the people you currently work for and be like, hey, if you can get me some more clients, I'll still give you priority. But in order for me to be able to keep doing this at the rate I'm giving you, I need more clients. That's actually probably the best way you'll get more clients. Um, because you're not going to want to work for one person full time. You don't want to put all your eggs in the basket of one guy. You want to have 15 clients. Because this way, if you lose three of them, you can still make your nut. That's really the actual thing. But I would say, ask the three comics that you listed here. Be like, hey, can you do me a favor? Uh, you know, I assume that you're doing this for them for not top dollar. Be like, hey, like I'm, I just lost my job. Why wouldn't you? Look, if they say no, they say no. I don't know how good your relationship is with these people. But if you go, hey, like this is what I need. Um, I just, or give them, like, I'll give you two free clips if you can just, like, tweet this. Be like, hey, my great video editor, blah, blah, blah. Um, if anybody needs a video editor, he's very reasonable. He'll send you a quote. Boom, put your email in it. Might help, might not. I don't know. Um, as for the union strike in fucking Atlanta, that's gonna fucking fizzle out quickly because I'm pretty sure Georgia's still a right to work state. And, uh, I always think about this is like, I've been told down there is like, hey, like I got buddies who like went down there because they didn't want to get into SAG because they booked a bunch of commercials and they fucking literally were like, well, I could still get the good SAG role. So if you book like a featured speaking role on one of these fucking network TV shows, they'll fucking let you go uh, and you can run for a fucking minute. Um, but uh, so I think that'll dissolve quick because, you know, anybody can just compete with it if Enough people that have experience find out that they're not 
letting that they're not doing this that enough people will just go down there and be like hey we'll do it like you could you could be a scab right now like so just like i mean just like kind of like look for stuff i get that a lot of productions have slowed down because a lot of tv companies want to be union because of the you know perceived thing but a lot of the reason why a lot of this tv production shit moved to fucking georgia is because of the right to work stuff so they can fucking use people who are non-union sometimes because they, if they run out of people that's another thing is like up here it's like they'll run out of people to work on some of these movie sets and i ended up doing it last year because it was like they were like hey we're out of guys and i was just and they were and somebody was like hey you want to make a bunch of money you get the union rate and i was like yep and i just did it it was fucking great I would say that that strike won't last too long. Think about it. The IATSE strike up here lasted, I think, two weeks before motherfuckers were like, we got to go back to work. People in the fucking film industry, they live hand to fucking mouth. They spend it as soon as it fucking comes in. But anyway, I'll do one last thing and I'm going to get the fuck out of here. Uh, here's a crazy thing that I thought of <laughs> the other day. Uh, uh, remember when you were young and people first started getting like hand jobs and blow jobs at parties and you were like, whoa, that's fucking crazy. This is just a thought. And then that fucking goes for a while. And you're like, that's so crazy. And then at some point in your 20s, you're at like college parties. Somebody's always getting blown or having sex in a bathroom or fucking at a house party, fingering a chick on a couch while they're still talking to you. Fucking, it's crazy. Dude, how many times do you have a chick's hand down your pants while you're just having a conversation under a table when you're in fucking your early 20s? Fucking, first of all, fantastic, by the way. Just such a great thing. Um... And then all of a sudden, that gets super weird again. And if you do that, people who do that after that time where all of a sudden it gets weird, you're like, all right, these guys can't come. They got to have their own parties, which are fucking weird sex parties, which are, I don't know. I've never been to a sex party. I'm glad I've never been to a sex party, kind of. Kind of wouldn't mind checking one out as an observer, but I don't want to, like, participate. I just want to walk around and take a look at some gross shit. Um, me and my girlfriend talked about it at one point, and then we both were like, I don't know, this could really... I, well, it was really more me. Like, the fights that this could end up in. Of just like, you would have wanted to fuck that girl more than me. I'm like, no, she was just getting railed, so I was watching. You know, you weren't getting railed, which, thank you. Appreciate it. Keep it tight. You know what I'm saying? It's like, the sex party thing. People were into it. I'm, I'm very glad also that I'm not a fucking almost 40-year-old man who's like, that's a massive part of my social circle. That we get... So fucking weird and so fucking old. So fucking quickly. And I wouldn't love it. I just wouldn't love it. Um, so yeah. Uh, very weird to do this. Then commonplace. Then so weird that they have to be ostracized. Get them over there to their weird sex party. And I'm a guy. I like weird sex stuff. I'm, I'm into it. I've done some weird, weird shit over the years. And it's fucking fun. I have a sex swing in the house. I've talked about it on a podcast. It's gathering dust. It's been years since I used it. But it's fine. It's fine. Oh, Well, this has been Notes of a Goon. Stay tuned for Harrington's Horner. I'm going to call it Horner. He's little Jack Hornington. All right, but I got an episode out for you, people. Also, you know, check out our good friends over at YoKratom.com. YoKratom is the home of the $60 kilo. That's YoKratom.com, the home of the $60 Kilo. That's right. You can get all types of Kratom there. They even have it in capsules. I don't know how much those cost. I just buy it. I eat whole handfuls of it. Like, and it's powdery and it gets caught in my throat. But I just choke it down because I just need to get the Kratom in me. Because it's YoKratom.com, the home of the $60 kilo. That's YoKratom.com, the home of the $60 kilo. All right. Stay tuned for Harrington's Horner. Good night. 
Welcome to Harrington's Horner. Uh, I don't know. I don't know why I accepted that uh, from Chris, but he is the host of the show. So God bless him. Uh, we're going to roll with it. Um, so the one thing that I had to bring to the show, you know, Chris always shits on me. Oh, yeah. You, you, what did you send in this week? What crazy, you know, crazy things going on with trans people you have to talk about or, or something along those lines. And I'm not doing that today. Right. I sent him one story. Uh, for the show that I thought we were going to record on Tuesday this uh, well last week um, because it jumped out to me because there is something that I've been fearing. We talked about it a little bit on the show a few weeks ago, um, but this new super PAC uh, between I believe it's Brazil, Saudi Arabia, Iran, Russia, and China, India might be in it as well, uh, where they agreed to, you know, just sell oil to each other, um, and to move off of the U.S. dollar uh, in favor of the Chinese uh, yuan, um, which is the sign of a declining empire, right? Like, you know, the, the, the old adage used to be people are always going to want dollars, right? The dollar always has value because people always want dollars because dollar is much like English is the unofficial language of the Internet. It's the unofficial language of problem solving uh, because most uh, computer technologies were based out of um, America. English became the language for worldwide problem solving the same way that numbers became the worldwide language for mathematics. Um, so in that same vein, um, as long as the dollar is the thing being primarily traded throughout the world, then America is always going to hold a certain sway, right? If you have to convert uh, your sterling to U.S. dollars to buy, you know, stocks or, or um, bonds in England, if you have to convert, you know, rupees uh, to dollars to buy stock in India or, you know, on down the line, the American dollar is always going to retain some value right? Uh, to a significant degree as the most traded currency on the planet. So because of this new thing where uh, the yuan is going to be used more, that is, you know, Putin is sending it up as a signal flare uh, that the United States is crumbling um, and soon we will no longer be the world superpower. So I found this video uh, of a guy who, I mean, you know, just making assumptions here. He doesn't say it specifically in the video, but I think you'll understand why. I believe this uh, from a uh, you know uh, Chinese expat um, talking about why the yuan will in fact never be uh, the predominant uh, currency worldwide. Um, and I'm just going to play a little bit of this right here. The pundit started to panic just because of a shit post by Putin. Like, when can you stop listening to that dumbass bunker bitch? You can mark my words. The Chinese yuan will never become an international currency, let alone the main one. Why? Because China doesn't want it to happen. Putin might want it to happen, but Xi doesn't. Here's why. Firstly, you should know that China's wealth is concentrated in a group of crazy, crazy rich people. They have wealth beyond your wildest... Some crazy rich Asians, you might say. ...stream. You might think their closets are filled with Hermes or, or, or Chanel. No, they're filled with cash from the floor to the fucking ceiling. Just like rich people elsewhere, uh, they are assholes with shady businesses. But what makes them different Very from shady. the American rich assholes is that they don't want to stay in a country that made them rich. Weird, huh? 
Their entire life pursuit is to fucking run, or at least help their kids run. Folks in China, do you know that that's true? Right, like when they just uh, found a a you know secret Chinese police station in New York. Um, yeah, you know they're 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 telling the truth here, right? Like the CCP does have outposts all over the world um, to keep tabs on expats because you know according to them, like you're all you're all part of the same machine. Um, so yeah, I do see that. I mean, that's that's it seems to be a pretty recurring theme. Right, you, you make a bunch of money in China. You want to be anywhere but China. China even used the English word "run" to specifically refer to the action of leaving the country. So the rich people want to leave, but the only thing that holds them back is the fact that their wealth is yuan denominated. Dun dun dun. You know what I mean? They can't spend their money elsewhere. China doesn't let them sell their yuan beyond a certain quota. So rich people can only spend a tiny share of their wealth outside China. Now imagine what will happen if yuan becomes an international currency that's freely exchangeable. These mega rich people will be out of their birdcage. They'll swarm into luxury properties outside of China like zombies chasing meat. And back home, the yuan-denominated assets will just collapse. The currency, the stocks, the real estate will all turn into worthless shit. There you go. In a matter of weeks. You think the CCP will let that happen? No way. You can be. So uh, he goes on to talk a little bit about like why people want to get out of China, et cetera, et cetera. But um, the main talking point there, I think, does make sense, right? Like if you can take um, that Chinese yuan and use that, uh, you know, if that's a freely traded currency, the same way that the dollar is accepted. Like most places outside of America that you go, you can just use dollars and they'll give you change in, um, you know, local money. I did that in Jamaica. Uh, I did that at a couple of shops in uh, in London when I was over there. Um, yeah, people want dollars, right? Dollars make sense. So if you, if you were to make that the one, um, you know, you would see just how um just how much uh buying power that would have right um and the more the more money right the more of that uh asset used in foreign countries right uh, the the more of that used to buy a property in america or france or you know England, whatever the case may be the more of those assets would be leaving china um and you would see the 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 one crater uh, which would be pretty, pretty damn bad uh, for China. So I do agree. I don't see that happening. And then here, I'm just going to bring this up on screen for a second. Um, oh, yeah, I forgot. This is audio only. Um, so this is a uh, this is a graph here uh, that shows the world foreign exchange reserves, right? So currently, the United States is the most traded currency at just under 60%, 59.8. Uh, Euro second most at 19.7%. Uh, you got the, uh, great British pound. I'm not sure what they use in Japan. Uh, but on down the line, uh, until you get to, uh, China, uh, which if I'm not mistaken, uh, is this, uh, CHF here, uh, which is 0.2%. Uh, if not, it is lumped in even smaller, uh, with the 3.3%, uh, that represents all other currencies. Uh, traded globally. So um, I do think to go from having that small of a market share 
to overtaking the United States is nearly 60% uh, with just a couple of trade deals is going to be pretty hard. And then add to that the fact that China really doesn't want that to happen. And we've been hearing literally since I was a senior in high school uh, that China is artificially deflating their currency. Um, sorry, artificially inflating their currency uh, so that they could, you know, hit that uh, deflation button and 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 really just bottom out, you know, a ton of assets at, at any certain point. I don't understand economics like that. I'm already in way over my head talking about any story that doesn't involve poop jokes. Um, but I know that did certainly as like, a, you know, like just a foggy old man. Right. I'm a dad now I'm in my 30s. Like I, I had a conversation with my mom who was, you know, here over the weekend and she was like, oh, you know, it's it's over the end of an empire. We're going to see where, you know, your granddaughter or my granddaughter, my daughter uh, is going to be speaking Chinese uh, by the time she's my age, et cetera, et cetera. Just don't see it. I just don't see it. And that especially did, you know, that kind of uh, allayed some fears of mine because uh, the moment I heard you know, that China is going to the bargaining table with Russia to try to end this war in the Ukraine. Um, And they're making all these these uh, trade deals that cut out America. It's concerning, right? We talked about it on the show not too long ago. I mean, China already got uh, the Ukraine and and Russia to come to the table and have advanced peace talks further than uh, America has over the course of, um, you know, over the course of, of, the last however long this conflict's been going on the going on what 18 months now something like that um i do think we are fighting a proxy war uh, i do think that you know a lot of this uh a lot of this is just keep the military industrial complex running we got out of afghanistan and we had to funnel these funds somewhere um but I still do, you know, I think we're getting rid of our surplus. Uh, we're having Ukraine pay, you know, uh, you know, 10 the Ukraine is paying a um, dollar on the 10 cents uh, in, in loans that we're giving them with all this equipment. We're giving them a lot of our surplus, a lot of our, you know, uh, more antiquated, outdated equipment. Um, so I do think like, you know, like I said, I was talking to my mom who watches Fox News every night, and she's convinced that we are going to be in a shooting war with China. I don't believe it. Um, you know, I think it's it's business as usual. Business is going well, um, and we're not about to we're not about to mess that up uh, for Taiwan of all places. Um, but specifically here in the in like the. Uh, I do think we are already at war on a technology front, on an education front, and on a financial front. Um, and I just don't think, I don't think this will play. Um, especially, you know, like that—that that just did kind of put me at peace a little bit, knowing just how fucked the Chinese would be if uh, the yuan was as freely traded as the U.S. dollar, um, and just how much of a hit they would take. Right. Like if you lose out on if we were to America was to lose its top one percent, that's what, like 90 percent of the wealth in the country. If China like China is facing down that as a reality, if the one has become more freely traded. So uh, by American, by sterling, by silver, by by crypto, crypto is only going up and crypto doesn't care about what's the, the most publicly traded. I didn't see I didn't see crypto on that sheet. Uh, of most exchange currencies, but I bet you, 
I don't know this for certain, but uh, I'd be shocked if if uh, cryptocurrencies weren't uh, you know higher up on that list than let's say you know Great Britain's four point six percent or Australia's less than two percent. I bet there's I bet uh, I bet more than two percent of all currencies traded um, would be digital. For sure, if you count in all the cryptocurrencies, like if you just block crypto as one thing, it's got to be just the amount of sheer volume of trade. So, um, yeah, the American empire going strong, if for no other reason, uh, then China has created a prison state. And thank God for that. Uh, Thank God for freedom. Thank God for America. And thank God for you listening uh, to a very uninformed person. Uh, speak for damn near 15 minutes on a two-minute long Twitter video. I'm impressed with myself. Thanks for tuning in. See you next week. Good night. Well, show me the way to the next whiskey bar. Oh, don't ask why. Oh, don't ask why. Show me the way to the next whiskey bar. I tell you we must die I tell you, I tell you, I tell you we must die I tell you